0: Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today, our guest is Steve Olson. And he's been in real estate since 2002, completing his first real estate deal while still in college and eventually pursued that as a full-time career at that point. And since then, he's completed a wide range of real estate transactions, including sale of raw land, foreclosure packages, single family flips, and single family, small multifamily rentals. And currently, he's a director of sales for FIG, where he helps conduct the initial due diligence for all of FIG projects and personally invests in fourplexes himself. So Steve, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. Got a big day ahead of me with some new potential sites for fourplexes. So I'm excited about that.
0: All right. So can you share a little bit about your background with us and how you got started with real estate at such a young age?
1: Well, the funny thing is, in my early 20s, I was in college. I wanted to get a degree and then go to law school. But you got to make money in the meantime, right? So I was working for one of the late night infomercial gurus, Robert Allen, who many of your listeners may know. And it wasn't anything real estate related. I was on the administrative side, answering phones and shipping boxes and doing that kind of stuff. And as I did that, I worked down the hallway from some of the real estate coaches who were the ones that actually would help people that invested in these coaching programs. And they were saying like really interesting things. And this was early 2000. So you could actually, I don't want to say it was easy to flip real estate, but there were nearly as many people in the game back then as there are now. And so I thought, we all have to get there on our own. My silly thought was, well, I should just do a bunch of homes and I could pay for law school. (laughs) I never stopped to think about, hey, why would you want to go to law school if you could do a bunch of homes? That would be far better. But I eventually realized that. So I did my first deal. I made more money than a college could even imagine at the time, and I never looked back. I did finish the degree uh, 12 years later because I was pretty close to graduating when I dropped out and said, hey, enough of this stuff. So I did single family flips. I've worked in multifamily since 2012 as the director of sales for the fourplex investment group. We build master plan fourplex communities for investors in four different states. And that's really allowed me to learn a lot about the development side and all the moving parts behind the scenes. So I'm the general partner on a couple of projects right now in Indiana, in Arizona, in Utah and believe in Idaho too. And believe it or not, I'm working on a couple of great deals in Hawaii. I never thought that would have happened, but uh, it's led me to develop some great partnerships everywhere. So most of my time is on the fourplexes, but I'm getting out there on the development side now too.
0: I can only imagine taking a business trip out to Hawaii and enjoying the view and the beaches out over there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. It's hard. Somebody has got to do it. That's what I tell myself. I've taken a few trips out there already. (laughs) I actually got to get another one on the calendar here when we're done. Got to go do some work.
0: (laughs) So Steve, when you said that you heard about real estate first during late night infomercial, what was it about it that really caught your attention about real estate? What was it that they said that sparked your interest?
1: Well, I think what really caught my interest was more the cash flow side, right? Because I was sporadically into it in college, some flips and some things like that. But you know what really got me was years later during the great financial crisis. And I got my clock cleaned during the great financial crisis. I was wrong place, wrong time did everything wrong. There's that funny saying that when the tide goes out, you can see who is swimming naked. Well, I was standing there. <laughs> and I realized that time, I had a couple of Siegel family homes in Texas that I really liked. Long story, I didn't buy them exactly right. I was in a bad position. But what stood out to me was during all that financial turmoil, those tenants were still calling and wanted to pay me rent. And that stood out to me that even during a lot of turmoil in a down economy, a recession, a depression, whatever you want to call it, people still have to have a place to live. Now, granted, it's slightly more complicated than that. Can they pay? But I just kind of looked at, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Shelter is way up there on the hierarchy of needs. People got to do it. And I wanted to have my future tied to that, to something that that was a very high priority for people. So... I continued to do flips, but then when I started getting into rentals heavily after that, and then multifamily, because I realized that's how you actually can do the same amount of work, but get a lot more result. It's the way to scale. So that's kind of been my journey. And it's really what I'm all about now is generating that cash flow.
0: So what was it that you focused on prior to or leading up to 2008 crisis?
1: Well, I worked for a company that did a lot of consulting and on sales skills and marketing. And we did a lot of work with real estate investors. So I just pick up small single family deals when I could. You know, I had the luxury of having a good network where a lot of times that stuff would get brought to me. But it was mostly kind of a I'm going to do this on the side while I do consulting. And you know what? If I look back, I actually still did better with part time real estate. Than full-time consultant. And it took me a while to realize that because I wasn't tracking the numbers very well at all. Like, what's a pro forma, right? I didn't know how to use Excel. That was not my thing. So it took me a number of years to really systemize it and realize that, hey, this has far more power if I just put all my effort into it.
0: So share a little bit more about what you're doing today and your focus on with multifamily and the fourplexes.
1: I love fourplexes, Okay. Fourplexes are the best way to marry the world of single family and multifamily and get the benefits from each side, right? We love single family because of the liquidity that, you know, it's the most traded real estate asset. We really love single family because of the financing. And that is really apparent right now when you get a true 30 year fixed rate mortgage of which you can only have 10. That's a great product to have in an investment in rising rates and increasing distress. That kind of product, we would call it a conventional or a Fannie Mae loan. Nobody is bothering you about that loan if you're paying the mortgage. And it's a true 30-year amortizing. You don't have a balloon payment to pay it off early. So the cool thing is, is you can use that same kind of a loan, but on a fourplex. You could buy four doors with the same style of loan. Right. So if you have 10 Fannie Mae loans that you're allowed, if you buy four plexes, you could own 40 doors with your 10 Fannie Mae loans. I really love it for professionals that have a working spouse that can qualify too, because the spouse could also get 10 loans between the two of you. Now you've got 80 doors with true 30 year fixed rate debt. So when interest rates are increasing, they're spiking, you're fine. Your debt is fixed. You're sitting there. It's not nearly as big of a deal to you. So we love multifamily because that those multiple streams of income, right? I have four units to satisfy my loan obligations with, and so my cash flow streams are not as volatile. When I go vacant on my single family, I'm 100% vacant. It would be extremely rare for you to be 100% vacant on a fourplex. Most of the time, you have at least three units full, if not four. So I love it for that reason. It's really a, a way for a working professional who's busy with other things to in a way kind of be a multi-family mogul to a degree without all the work that goes with it and all those financing benefits.
0: So with the conventional loan and buying it like a single family home. You know, I think like the first one or two is pretty straightforward and simple to buy. But as you start to build up the portfolio, one of the ratios that the lenders look at is your debt to income ratio. And so as you start to accumulate more and more loans, how does that work in that scheme of things? And does it get more and more difficult as you try to build up to those that 10 maximum that you're able to purchase in that pool?
1: Yeah, Well, the best answer on that is going to come from the lenders and the underwriters, of course. But I can tell you what my experience has been. If you're buying right, you can actually improve your debt to income ratio, right? They're going to count, I believe it's 75% of the forecasted income as new income to you. So if you're buying right, yes, you are adding more debt, but you're adding more income at the same time. So you're able to improve that ratio and continue to qualify. Now, if you have a job where you make very little money or you take on other debts, non-productive debts, you're buying a Lamborghini, you're buying an Airbnb that you're dying on, you're not getting a lot of cash flow, I could see it being a problem. But if you're buying really good quality cash flowing assets, and that's what's going into your debt to income ratio, and it's not unnecessarily weighed down by other debts... I think you would be fine there. That's the conversation that I've had with our preferred lenders we use.
0: Are you purchasing primarily fourplexes that are already there um, and you're just doing a value add type of business plan with it? Or are you developing fourplexes and then renting them out?
1: So our company develops master planned fourplex communities. We're going to do 200 doors or 100 doors at a time. And we will plat that. We'll chop it up into fourplexes. And we do that pre-construction, right? It typically allows owners to get in with some equity on the front end because if they're going to close pre-construction with the builder, the builder's got to give them a good enough price to justify that for them to want to do that. Otherwise, just go buy something on the open market, right? So that's how I do it is we call it the armchair value add. You're not really going and signing up contractors and kicking tenants out and doing new counters you're signing draws with a builder, you're going through the build process. And if you intellectually understand what that's like, and how that goes, not a lot is needed from you. But you're going to get that value on the front end, probably going to enter at a cap rate that's a point or two higher than where the prevailing market cap rate is. That's how I've done it.
0: We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about: serving you our listener at a higher level and growing our own multi-family business. If you are like Sal and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So with Fig, are you building, you're developing the fourplex master plan communities. And then can you clarify this part for me a little bit more? I think I missed that. But are you selling each of those fourplexes to investors or are you taking that and then renting them out to residents?
1: Good question. We sell them to investors and we have a sister management company that does all the leasing. It's designed to be kind of a turnkey component for the investors. I hate the word turnkey. It implies that you don't have to do anything. There are some things that you need to do. So when that community is all built out, it's going to look like a whole bunch of townhomes to an outsider, but it's really... Fourplexes and it's owned by doctors and dentists and lawyers and business owners and all these people that want to passively invest in real estate but have some control over it. So our management company does all the lease up for them. We put an HOA over the top of it because anytime you have multiple owners in a community, you need there to be a sheriff in town to make sure that people are abiding by the rules and that nobody's allowing their tenants to do crazy things. I've got some stories on that. So we, you definitely have to have that. HOA in place. So that's the idea. Master plan community. will usually put in a clubhouse and a pool. The tenants are going to kind of feel like they live in an apartment community, right? With one manager. But if you break down that ownership role, you'll see, oh wow, there's 30, 40 different owners in here.
0: Or is it more like a garden style fourplexes then?
1: No, most of the time we do townhomes.
0: Townhomes. So you'll okay.
1: see four townhomes in a row. We have the engineer draw a line separating and plat them as fourplexes.
0: Oh, awesome. So what does that project, what does that usually entail from start to finish to be able to find the land to be able to build this type of community on? And then as you're starting to build it up and looking for investors to sell it over to, what does that entire process look like for you?
1: Well, it's a long process, right? Investors continually ask us, you know, hey, what do you have coming up? And the answer is I don't know. We'll see what works, right? We've always got a number of irons in the fire you have to negotiate with land sellers the zoning has to be appropriate do you have to do a zoning change sometimes city councils get freaked out by fourplexes they associate them with those old 1970s stereotypical fourplexes that we've all seen and they don't want those in their city right they don't understand that we've got townhomes and an HOA and they're essentially approving townhomes but Common sense loses against bureaucracy every time, right? So we lose plenty of battles. We hope to really get approvals for anywhere from two to 600 doors a year over the four states that we operate in. And it takes from the time that a project looks like it's going to work, it's going to be another six to nine months before we can actually bring it to investors because we've got to get through entitlements with the city and get the approvals on the land and the use. And then once we start taking reservations with investors in advance, it's going to be three, four months before we can break ground and start clearing the site and a couple months after that before we can pull permits and close on their construction loans. So when somebody says, yes, I want a fourplex, you're looking at a minimum of 12 months, probably more like 18 before you have a completed property. That can be leased. That's that armchair value add I tell you about. It's the time that it takes. And so, those investors that want to do that are ones that see the value in that end product and feel good about the local economy and where it's going. That's why you would do it. Otherwise, buy something that's available right now. The problem is, what's available right now, if you go search your local MLS for fourplexes, you're probably going to be really underwhelmed. Fourplexes are very expensive. Oftentimes, they have a lot of deferred maintenance. So after people look at those for a while, sometimes they say, you know what, I'll try it this way and see how it goes.
0: What are the four states that you guys are operating in again?
1: We operate in the Intermountain West and in Texas. So we're in Utah, Idaho, Arizona, and Texas.
0: How did you guys decide on those four different markets?
1: <laughs> well, we get asked a lot about, hey, why don't you come to Florida? That would be great. Why don't you come to North Carolina and Tennessee? There's lots of places we want to go. But you have to be able to get staff on the ground, full-time employees to run the construction. And that's hard, right? Going into it, I knew it would be hard. It was a lot harder than I thought. It's not easy to do. Building is a tough business. So most of us are from Utah. That's where the main office is for FIG. That was a intuitive place to start. And I'll just tell you, we got lucky. We started building fourplexes in 2010 when the Utah economy started to get on a rocket ship. And population growth has been crazy here. Values have been going up a lot. It's been a very stable state for owning rental property. And then after that, it was like, how do we expand? Our ownership team at the time had some connections to the Houston area. That was the next place that we went into, kind of carefully edged into there we had some connections in the Boise Idaho area and as we began to master that we looked around of you know where is somewhere that's a quick flight that ownership can get to we will feel confident that we can hire people that's also landlord friendly and a growing economy so phoenix was a great natural fit from
0: there from the development side of things has it been challenging or have you faced any challenges over the last recent couple of years in building up these fourplex communities?
1: I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it has been difficult. You know, COVID brought its own kinds of challenges with availability of materials. Some of that is still there, right? You just can't shake some of that stuff. Like right now, we're having a terrible problem with the availability of certain electrical panels, and those are on back order for a lot of different multifamily communities. So investors can get extremely frustrated when their building is pretty much done, but we can't turn it over to them because it doesn't have electricity, because we can't get panels. So we're howling at these suppliers and screaming about it, trying to get those to deliver. Labor has been difficult, the constant increase in materials costs has been hard. Right now, What's we're at this really weird time where uh, building and land costs have backed off a little, but they're still pretty high. And everybody is sitting around waiting for them to fall, and I'm becoming less convinced every day that they're going to. Inflation is still persistently high. And so now you're faced with bringing products to market where sometimes the cap rate is lower than the interest rate, and that's not good cash flow. right? We've finally seen rates... On uh, conventional loans, settle down where if they're bought down, you can get them into the high fives. So, if you're bringing properties with cap rates of the low sixes, that works. It's not amazing, but it works. But I haven't seen any amazing opportunities in the market right now because rates and costs are still just stubbornly high. And I think everybody's kind of looking at each other, wondering who's going to blink and we'll see if anybody does. So yeah, there have certainly been a lot of challenges and development and construction is tough. You wake up and you solve problems. It's what you do.
0: So from an investor standpoint, how does that process work? So once you have a fourplex or multiple fourplexes available, an investor is interested in purchasing one of these, do they go to the office? And is it like a bidding where you're competing against other investors for a particular fourplex or are they sold one-to-one? Are you on a waiting list? How does that process look like?
1: We don't do bidding. Number one, I hate that process. I don't like turning it into some kind of crazy cutthroat process. But number two, you got to remember when you're building 50 of the same kind of product and the same kind of community, it's very helpful to just have a flat price across the board because you can create some serious problems with the appraisals if you're bidding all over the place. So it's kind of a first come first serve basis for us. A year ago, we had a wait list of hundreds of investors. Now, we kind of release product and people reserve it. We talk to them. It it takes some time. But investors are more careful right now. Understandably so. They're really looking at what are these neighborhoods like? What are these numbers like? So we have probably 15 fourplexes available right now in one of our Utah projects. And we're talking to investors. I think one or two of them a week end up selling. And we're just steadily making our way through it. Honestly, I prefer it that way, where you can really get to know the investors and take time with them on the process. If they want to reserve one, they put down a $10,000 deposit. It's refundable for 30 days. That's their due diligence period. After 30 days, they owe a 10% deposit and we go into the non-refundable phase, unless for some reason their loan gets declined. At that point, we happily give them their money back. So we've got uh, investors that'll start closing on these that I told you about this summer on some uh, fourplexes in Utah and looking for more land beyond that and what's going to come probably this fall.
0: And what's next for you and the company?
1: Well, the company, we've got some more dirt under contract in Utah, looking in Arizona right now as well. Personally, I've applied this business model on a project I'm doing in Indiana in the Midwest. It's been exciting because we get some tax abatements with that project. So I can get investors in it much higher cap rates than usual, typically in well into the sevens. And getting that on new construction has been difficult over the last few years. That's just, I would say, impossible. So I'm working on that. That's kind of a passion project. Mine, along with some of the stuff I'm doing on some affordable housing in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, I've got some great partners down there. We've got a tiger by the tail on that one. There are some great tax benefits that the city is offering to people that do affordable housing. So I'm acting as a general partner on that uh, and syndicating some uh, apartment deals. Usually they're units that are 60 to 90 units and uh, they have to be built in certain areas, but that's what's next. That's going to be taking up a lot of my time over the next 12 months.
0: So Steve, how has real estate investing impacted your life?
1: I can never work for anybody ever again. (laughs) <laughs> you know, once you've been able to get that where you set your own schedule, in fact, one of my wife's friends asked her yesterday, like, how does your husband have time to go do that? Well, it's because I make it because when you're in charge, you can make the time. you know when you make your income based on your own efforts and cash flow, you get that freedom. It also makes you free to be a workaholic with, which I am one, but I enjoy what I do. So it's been great because you view the world in an entirely different way. Than trading hours for dollars. When you work with your brain instead of your time, that's where the fulfillment is. That's where the real returns are.
0: And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started?
1: That you should continue to buy even when others are running scared. And that's easy to say when the market is good. When things are tough, I've seen markets change enough To know that if you're smart and you do your research and do your numbers, the ones that don't pay attention to the euphoria or the hysteria are the ones that do the best over time.
0: And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing?
1: Consistency.
0: All right, Steve. So where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing in this space?
1: Yeah, just go to our website fig.us, very short, figlikethefruit.us. And you can learn more about the four plexes. We've got a bunch of videos on there about how the process works. If you're a professional that wants to invest in multifamily real estate, come join us. We'd love to have you.
0: Awesome. Steve, thank you so much for all of your time today.
1: Thank you, Eileen. It's good being on the show. Enjoy your weather that I hope warms up soon in Orange County.
0: Thank you. We'll be sending it your way pretty soon. So
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, you will.
0: (laughs) And thank you for listening to our podcast today brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We'd really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook. How did they do it? Real estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the Contact Us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.